and welcome back to the magic of the season. Now this episode is a little late because I had some technical issues and I finally just got them sorted. So bear with me as this was supposed to be released for Christmas podcast day on November 1st. And as I was saying, this episode is going to be a special one for many reasons. One, it commemorates Christmas podcast day, which is on November 1st. And I get to talk about one of my Christmas traditions, a Christmas carol. I finally have things set up at my new house so I can record. It's been since the summer since I've recorded and I've been chomping at the bit to get on and chat about holiday season 2023. As many of you know, Canada starts their holiday season in October with Thanksgiving. Then us holiday spirit people have to endure the countdown to Halloween. Then November 1st hits and it's Christmas. Unlike the American folk, we don't have Thanksgiving in November. So we get to do a complete Christmas switch. So grab your hot cocoa, get cozy, because it's story time. I wanted to dedicate some time before diving into all things Alistair Sims' A Christmas Carol to talk a bit about the nostalgia that sits behind Halloween for me. And much like other holidays, This one reminds me so much of the simplicities of childhood. I remember getting to celebrate at school and some years I would have a school costume and then come home and have a completely different costume to do trick-or-treating in. My elementary school did a costume parade where we walked around the neighborhood and all the families would sit outside their homes and watch us walk past. This was a very big deal for us, which also meant pulling out the big guns like fake blood, fake open wounds, and I was always the girl who wanted to have the scary or gross costumes. I knew at a very young age that I was not princess material, and instead I would use Halloween to have the coolest costume. Did I make my mom sick while she carted me around to all these Halloween stores to try to make something work? Yeah, I probably did. But I can tell you that she was just as invested in my projects as I was. So thank you, Mom, for always gluing my fake cuts and making them look real. Only to have me come home, hold me down, and peel them off of me begrudgingly at the end of the night. As I got into high school and then college, I never wanted to spend Halloween away from the house. I always wanted to be the house on the block that had the house done up as much as they could with Halloween stuff. And I wanted to shell out with the best candies. We would sometimes even get dry ice and create our own fog machines. Our neighborhood was quiet and I made sure that we were that house. I loved seeing all the kids dressed up and getting to see all the little Batmans and Supermans and Elsas show up first. And then the kids with the pillowcases and the scream mask or the angel wings and the group costumes would fill the rest of the evening. I think I had more fun shelling out than I ever did going to any parties. And one thing I will always remember and hold true and cherish to me was that I had neighbors that I grew up with, two boys. They were twins. And they were a few years younger than me. But one of the boys had trouble walking because he had cerebral palsy. So he struggled going door to door. But he knew I was always running something fun. And I was just around the corner. So every year, I would pull all of our cars out, put them on the main street that was in front of our house, so that he could walk up to the house with his walker. And I don't think he knew it, 
But seeing him at the end of the night and getting to chat with him about how much fun he was having was always the best way to cap off Halloween night for me, because he was normally my last knock at the door. When you think of Halloween night, it's made up of all these little moments that you end up holding close to you and dear to you every year. Picking a pumpkin, carving the pumpkin, the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons, eating homemade stew before heading out, mom always making us say, shell out, shell out, the witches are out, making my dad hold my candy for me, and that smell. You know that smell? When you're out there, you can smell the leaves, it's wet. As you walk up to people's houses, you can smell the pumpkins burning with candles in them. It's that smell that brings me right back to the good old days that I'm so lucky that I got to experience. So, from my house to yours, have a happy and safe Halloween. to talk about something that is more than just a movie here at the Dunbar House. It's a Christmas Eve tradition. The 1951 adaptation of A Christmas Carol featuring Alistair Sim. Truly the greatest version of Scrooge played through any cinematic appearance that I've ever watched. And trust me, I've seen a lot of versions of A Christmas Carol. Usually the podcast network chooses to review these movies, but I'm going to do something a little different. Christmas Eve rolls around. It's 1998. My dad has a shift at the fire hall, so he's not around. But my mom has all three of us, and I especially was bursting at the seams to go to sleep so that Santa didn't miss us. My mom packs us up, and we head to Swish LA. For those of you who do not know what this fine establishment is, it was the place that all families went to for a good old-fashioned family dinner. Very kid-friendly and definitely affordable. This was the catch. Plus, you can get a Shirley Temple with a mini sword and cherries in it. It was clutch. We indulged with the festive special, a meal fit for a king, which gave you a Toblerone at the end as your special treat. After dinner, you would run to the toy chest, pick out your toy. My brothers got the Swiss Army men with the little backpacks that turned into parachutes, and I probably pick some girly bracelet. Definitely. We headed home, and my brothers always wanted to do their own thing, but my mom would make us sit on the couch and watch the black and white version of A Christmas Carol, or as my mom called it, Scrooge. I actually hated it growing up. It would give me nightmares, and sometimes I was actually excused from it so that I could hit the bed early. But as I got older, I actually started to appreciate it appreciate the time that I got to spend with my mom, even though she made us sit down and watch it with her. My brothers weren't around in high school, so it was normally just me and her. What I really started to appreciate in my more mature years was how much they stuck to the book. But not only that, the cinematography for that time was actually so beyond its years. 
My mom grew up in the UK in the 50s, so she recalls how behind they were with pretty much everything. She also recalled that her bathroom in her first house was an outhouse in the back, and how a lot of the buildings look exactly how they did when she was growing up in the movie. One of my mom's favorite lines of the movie was this. At this festive time of year, Mr. Scrooge, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute. Are there no prisons? There are plenty of prisons. Are there no union workhouses? Are they still in operation? They are. I wish I could say that they were not. Oh, from what you said at first, I was afraid that something had happened to stop them from their useful course. I'm very glad to hear it. And another favorite of hers was, is that you, Marley? Or you may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. What my mom loved about Scrooge was his quick wit and what I call having no filter. When the movie wraps up, it shows Mr. Ebenezer with Tiny Tim, both in good spirits, and at the end credits, where I normally have to wake my mom up after she's fallen asleep on the couch, the musical soundtrack plays in the back. The one thing that I can say about this is that it has the most old-time Christmas feel to it. It's enough to give you that boost of spirit before you get to work for the rest of the evening, if you know what I mean. The sound of those end credits will always be burnt into my soul. It'll always remind me of the times that my mom becomes a kid with me again. And we hunker down for some Christmas Eve magic. Nothing in the world could replace that for me. And I hope everybody gets to enjoy their little bit of Christmas Eve magic, whatever it is. Welcome to holiday season 2023, guys. We are less than 50 days away from Christmas. I can't wait to see what this one has in store for us. Christmas is full of shiny things that sparkle, gleam, and glow. These holiday pleasures dazzle us, and yet, deep down, we know that Christmas has its special gifts, but our year-round joy depends on the cherished people in our lives, our family, and friends. <laughs>